Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for May 17th, 2009. And we're going to go into the last part here, which is some more modern day stuff regarding Disney. And this is entitled, this is a compilation of three different articles that I got from David J. Stewart. And this one was actually written in September of 2008, so this is pretty recent. And this one is entitled, Walt Disney is of the Devil. Now, the one thing I don't like about this title is he's really sugarcoating it, as you can see. And I wish he'd stop beating around the bush and really say what he means, you know. you know, Don't be so shy about it. Sorry. A little humor there. Anyway, um, one other thing I want to mention before I go any further. I kind of forgot to mention this because Taylor asked, what was so scary about this? Alien Encounters ride, that these kids were coming out so traumatized. And I said, I don't really know. I said, I, I, we did give a brief description there, and it sounded, you know, some of the things that were going on sounded pretty horrific. And all these other rides that scare and spook and things like that. I remember distinctly that one time I went up on the First Church of Satan chat room, and I was listening, reading what they were talking about, these people that were members of the, this Church of Satan church, 501c3 church, just like the regular denominations in America, they have their own, they even have their own, uh, they're recognized by the military, and I can remember reading over and over and over again, where they would say, when did you first get indoctrinated into the occult, or when did you first get attracted to Satanism, or this or that, and the vast majority of them said that it was when I watched such and such horror movie. And they could literally go back to the actual horror movie they were watching when they essentially became demon-possessed. When they were watching this horror movie. Now that says a lot. Because they were watching a horror movie and they literally knew that was the time when they got demon-infested. Or at least if there was any doubt, that pushed them over the edge. Why? It was through trauma. The trauma of the horror movie. Being scared. The gore in, in watching something evil and participating in it and liking it. This is why Satan has all of these things associated with fear on Halloween. Haunted houses and things of this nature. Literally, when you go and you participate in these things, you don't know what kind of demonic baggage you may be picking up. Christian or unchristian. Now, recently I've discovered a ministry that um, kind of specializes in this. And it's a Pastor Rockstad. R-O-C-K-S-T-A-D. He's been doing this a long, long time. Since the 70s. And he helps people, whether they're born-again Christians or not, get freed from this type of demonic baggage. Now, most of the ministries that operate in this are all hyper-charismatic. And I will not recommend any of them. Not one. Because they themselves are deceived, as for reasons that I've already talked about in this study. This guy is actually, I think he was originally Lutheran, and I think he comes from a Baptist background now. But I've listened to several of his audios already, and I'll tell you what, they really ring biblically true to me. And I have had a lot of experience in this area of, you know, or not personally because I would call myself a deliverance minister or anything like that, 
But you look in the Bible, and there's a lot of examples of people having devils and demons cast out of them. Nowadays, people are walking around totally demonically infested. And this is a big reason why they can't get saved as well. All I can tell you is that I've already listened to several of these uh, CDs from Pastor Rockstad. And uh, I believe they're very biblically accurate and correct. And he doesn't go about it in a crazy, nutty, charismatic way. Anyway, you can look up him up on the internet. He's not on Sermon Audio, um, but just key in Pastor Ernest Rockstad, R-O-C-K-S-T-A-D, and you'll find his ministry. He's got all kind of tapes and stuff. He's got it on CD and tapes. And um, I would have to say, and I've been looking for somebody like him for a long time that I can refer people to regarding the subject, because it's very important. Um... He's the only one at this point I would really refer to. Because all the other ministries, like I said, are usually hyper-charismatic hyper Pentecostal. So going further, this article starts out by saying, There is no influence any more dangerous and, and damning to the young people today, especially young girls, than Walt Disney. Hannah Montana, or Miley Cyrus, uh, Destiny Hope, Miley Cyrus, and the Cheetah Girls are of the devil. I don't even know what the Cheetah Girls are, but... God never intended for young girls to be turned into seductive glamour girls looking like Broadway whores. In a recent episode of, it's a show called The Suite of Zack and Cody. Zack dresses up as a girl promoting cross-dressing. In the same episode, a young boy tells a girl to take off her dress. This is the sick, twisted mind at work in Walt Disney. Now again, this is just a logical progression of what was started back in the 1920s through good old Walt Disney. Anyone honest, any honest person with a brain and a sense of morality can see that the abundance of sex appeal in Walt Disney's numerous shows are targeting teenagers. Walt Disney's shows are nothing less than an introduction course into the nightclub life. Young girls and boys are paid by Walt Disney to perform in heathen scenes promoting sensual dancing, sinful pride, gyrating hips, girls wearing lip gloss, and luring rock music titles such as Could You Be The One by Tony Aller. Like the Mr. Right, you know, Could You Be Mr. Right, The One. Hannah Montana is nothing less than a portrayal of a sleazy whore. And again, this guy really is sugarcoating this, so I'm just warning you right now, so just kidding. Anyway, whose goal is to corrupt the morals of America's daughters. Shame on Walt Disney's owners. Sad but true, most people will do anything nowadays to achieve wealth, fame, and worldly prosperity. Disney, but see, doesn't this make a lot of sense reading this now in light of everything that we just read? It makes a lot more sense because we can see the foundation clear. Disney makes extensive use of rock and roll, corrupting the children with worldly philosophies and the demonic influences of rock music. The very term rock and roll was coined by an Ohio disc jockey, Alan Freed, in 1951 as a term referring to sexual intercourse. Back in 1922, Trixie Smith released a record titled, quote, My Man Rocks Me with One Steady Roll. The term rocking and rolling was used back then as a secular slang for dancing and sex, and or sex. Well, Disney's programs are saturated with sexual suggestiveness. Young, beautiful girls are filmed wearing sparkling lip gloss, tight jeans, swaying their hips side to side making seductive gestures with their facial expressions and wearing scantily clad clothing, which looks like bedroom attire. 
Walt Disney is of the devil. Britney Spears, did, what she was like uh, with Disney originally. Like Mickey Mouse's sweet, she was like a modern day Mouseketeer. I'm almost positive Britney Spears was. What about those twins too? Were they? Did they have anything to do with Disney? Those, the Olsen twins. I'm not sure if they did, but here, just let me lay out the scenario because I've told this to Taylor before. Here's how it goes, and they, they don't even get into this in this article. What they'll do many times is they'll introduce somebody through their little kids programming. That's real sweet, cute, and innocent. Now, Hollywood does this too. The Olsen twins. Those cute little girls that grew up on that show. What was it? A Full House or something? Okay. Cute as a button. And they grow up on the shows. And everybody adores them. Oh, they're so cute. Britney Spears, when she first appeared with, you know, on the Disney shows that she used to do. But then they start getting into their teenage years. And they start dressing and acting and looking like total sluts. And they're doing that for a reason. Because you've adored them from a little child, so you've already bonded with them. And now all of a sudden they're growing up, and let's say a little girl who is seeing this, growing up seeing this, and now all of a sudden they're, they're becoming this other thing. Well, your defenses are already down. You've already bonded with it. And then they, and then they grow up and out of their teens, and then they become all these scandals erupt. Like, look at Britney Spears' life. And, you know, they're total whores. They, they start into the music videos. I mean, it's just basically, like, partial nudity, causing men to lust after them, all by design. And here you've been lured to sleep because that you started with them when they were a little child, when maybe they were portrayed as something a lot more wholesome than they ended up becoming. Olsen twins are the same way. Those two little girls now that started out in that show, they look like little morbid goth corpses walking around. I've seen just pictures of them. They look like they're anorexic little gothic corpses. They don't even look like they're alive. But again, it's all by design. Every bit of that. And Disney is the main one that, is, that has done this. They, did, they started back with the Mickey Mouse Club. You know, Annette Funicello and stuff. And then she went on to play, like, in in uh, teenage shows. And, and she started out as a Mouseketeer. Same thing. It's just been going on for decades, essentially. So, going further. Uh, let's see here. Walt Disney is of the devil. Disney's little seductresses all possess impotence. Impudent looking faces expressing their rebellion against God's word, which is the hallmark of feminism. In the previously mentioned episode of The Suite of Zack and Cody, a girl is featured crawling like a dog under a table across the floor with her hair prepared by a professional beautician, looking as if dressed up on her wedding night to have intercourse for the first time. This is the sick reality of Walt Disney. The most beautiful young girls made up to look... Uh, gorgeous by professional beauticians crawling on the floor, jumping up and down in negligee-style clothing to demonic rock and roll music for the world to lust upon them. No teenage girl should be decked out like a street whore adorned with dark eye shadow, wearing this type of attire and high-heeled shoes, behaving like a prostitute on camera. This guy's kind of redundant in the way he writes. I'm sorry, but I'm just trying to hit the high points here. 
Um, much of Walt Disney's themes center around dating, sex, and finding, quote, the right one. So, you act and look like a whore. And that's what's going to get you Mr. Right. You know, hey, that's biblical, right? Whereas the Bible talks about that the woman should be of a modest attire, shamefacedness, not having broidered hair, and all these things that, you know, the Bible says you really shouldn't do. But that's absolutely the opposite of what's portrayed on Disney, obviously. In a recent uh, Hannah Montana episode, a teenage boy is shown stroking a large object in front of all of his friends, which is near his private area. I'm not even going to say the rest. But it's bad. Should it be surprising that Miley Cyrus or Hannah Montana was recently photographed nude in Vanity Fair magazine? And this is what always ends up happening. The little girl everybody looked up to now acts like a slut, does some nude thing. Then there's some... I mean, look at Britney Spears. How many... Um, men, women, boys, girls, has she ended up corrupting? So is this the kind, and, and I'm pretty sure Britney Spears' mom says, oh, we're Christian. Oh yeah, she does. I'm, I'm, I'm positive I've seen that before. We're Christians. I believe to say, go, go so far as to say born again. So is this the kind of role model that de decent and responsible parents want for their child? No way. Every parent, every Christian parent in America should ban Walt Disney in their home. Walt Disney is promoting, quote, sweet life, but it's a sinful life of rebellion against God. Much of Disney's recent music features garbage similar to gangster-style rap music that originated actually in America. Rap music, also known as house music, is synonymous with every crime imaginable. Disney girls feature... Impudent faces, bad attitudes, a lack of responsibility for authority, and are feminists in training. And they're they're just trained, they're just training them to use their looks and their body to manipulate whatever situation they're in, whether that's a man, whether that's the situation that they're in, to get what they want. Parents are often made to look naive, ignorant, boring, and obsolete. Well, that's what the one world government wants. They want they don't want you to have any kind of strong family. Backing. They want you to think you just turned a big brother. We'll take care of you. In a recent episode of The Wizards of Waverly Place, Nellie, a beautiful teenage girl who is now wearing tight pants, asked two younger boys, quote, did I forget to wear pants? Here again we see the sexual suggestiveness that saturates Disney. Increasingly, heathen society is raising its young girls to be nude, lewd, and crude. First Timothy 2.9 in the Word of God commands women to dress in modest clothing, for it is a sin to women to wear tight pants, which are now revealing, and men and to draw men's attentions to their private areas instead of a chaste heart of virtue, chastity, and honesty. Oh, you don't, you don't, you don't hear about that at all, ever. A good guideline: Christian women ought to wear long dresses or skirts extending at least two inches below the knee. That way, when you sit down, it doesn't pull up over your knee. Cleavages should not be shown, and halter tops not worn. The same society that laughs at the idea of modest dress are the same child murderers who see no evil in abortion. Good point. Now, let's talk about gay days at Disney. We're going to just touch on that one last time. Homosexuals are invited every year to spend the first weekend in June at Disney World. Michael Eisner, the current head of J Disney, provides homosexuals with special discounts at the Marriott Courtyard, at the Disney Village, and at Dolphin and Swan Hotels. Well, why wouldn't he? I mean... 
if he's got this gigantic proportion of people that are homosexuals in his in his organization, I mean, sure he's gonna he's gonna provide them um, uh, special discounts on these types of things. Okay, now remember before Michael Eisner is quoted as saying in ni- 1997, AFA Journal. He is quoted saying he thinks 40% of Disney's employees are homosexual. Well, sure. I mean, you talk about a gay-friendly place. Eisner even sets aside Pleasure Island. Pleasure Island. I went there once after I was... I think I was in college. I mean, that place is like hedonism. You know? I mean, total bad place. Real bad. It's like one big gigantic nightclub outside with bands and all kind of heathen debauchery going on. Pleasure Island. You know? Well, Eisner even sets aside Pleasure Island in the middle of the theme park exclusively for homosexuals from June 5th to 9th. At least it was in the, in the year he reported on this. Some 100,000 homosexuals from throughout the nation attend and the orgy continued all night long. This is the 15th year in a row this debauchery had been held, at least at the time of that writing. With the cheerful stains, with the cheerful strains of classic Disney music playing in the background, now this is gay day at Disney, this isn't Pleasure Island, but uh, classic strains of Disney music playing in the background, mainstream families with little children are subjected to seeing throngs of homosexuals wearing red t-shirts that proclaim, quote, a day of magic, a night of pleasure. Throughout the day, at Gay Day, within Disney's Magic Kingdom, they can be seen fondling each other, groping each other, engaging in open-mouth kissing, and group urination in public restrooms, and even worse. Sounds like a kid family, you know, kid-tested mother-approved, that kick cereal, their theme, yeah. But that's what's going on there, just so you know. All I would need is this one point to never have anything to do with Disney. And we have given you so much more than that to, just to show you the absolute depravity of this, of this organization, this company. And then they go on to say, and that's just in the daytime hours. At night, thousands of homosexuals begin partying in earnest at the Disney theme parks such as Pleasure Island, Mannequins, and N- MGM Studios. Hedonistic barely describes the behavior. It's like Sodom and Gomorrah all over. Disney, under Michael Eisner, has totally abandoned traditional family values to promote the perversions of the homosexual agenda. Here's another one. Now, I've read this part before when I did my C.S. Lewis study. And I still get emails every once in a while... Well, I think you're wrong about C.S. Lewis. You're just misinterpreting. No, I'm not. I'm quoting from his own writings, and you know what? We're supposed to flee all appearance of evil, and there's so much evil associated with C.S. Lewis and what that man has done and who he associated himself with. This This is entitled Narnia and Satanism. Within 15 minutes of the opening scene of C.S. Lewis's, you know, Narnia that was developed by Walt Disney Studios. What a great combination, C.S. Lewis and Walt Disney. You know, 
the dynamic hellish duo. But within 15 minutes of the opening scene of Narnia, viewers are faced face to face with the fallen angelic god Pan, the f- pagan fertility god which Wiccan witches worship and adore worldwide. The image, now I'm looking at images to the left, this will be up on the PDF. The image to the left pictures Pan, the pagan sex god. The image to the right is a statue of the character Mr. Tunamis in Narnia. Now, they're essentially identical. I'm just telling you right now, I'm looking at one, I'm looking at the other. They're essentially, you know, the facial features are a little bit different, but essentially from the cloven hooves to the, you know, it's like half goat, half human type of, uh, you know, thing. Many times Satan is portrayed as a goat, like the goat of Mendez, which is also known as Baphomet, which is where you see the pentagram upside down, which is a symbol for black witchcraft, and you see the goat's head in it. Well, there's a reason that it's a goat. And goats have split foots, split hooves, and that's why they call the devil Old Split Foot. So, they, they're promoting Pan in Narnia as a good thing. We're going to confirm that. Pan is deceitfully renamed Tunamis in the movie, but anyone who is familiar with Satanism and witchcraft can instantly recognize Pan playing Tunamis in Narnia. Pan is widely worshipped by neo-pagans and Wiccans today. He is considered a powerful god and an archetype of male virility and sexuality. That's from Wikipedia. It is likely that the demonized images of the incubus and even the horns and cloven hooves of Satan, as depicted in much of Christian literature and art, were taken from the images of the highly sexual Pan. That's where we get a lot of images of the devil from Pan. In lieu of such evidence, how can any professed Christian endorse such a demonic movie as Narnia? Or C.S. Lewis. Yet, and I've done, again, I've done the whole C.S. Lewis thing, just key it in. I mean, there's, the evidence is overwhelming. Yet, Christians all across America are praising this evil movie which promotes Satan. Look at the photo on the left. And again, it's, it's a picture of this tunamis. Please notice the devil's horns coming out of his head. In Narnia, Tunamis is one of the good characters. Do you think this is just a coincidence? No, my friend, Satan is working relentlessly to poison the minds of our children. Tragically, the average Christian parent is so woefully ignorant of the word of God that they are easy, easy prey for satanic deceptions. This is why we're not supposed to be ignorant of his devices, lest he get an advantage of us. 2 Corinthians 2.11 See, a lot of people think it's irrelevant. Oh, just preach the gospel. But we're not supposed to be ignorant of his devices. Yes, there's a time to preach the gospel, and there's also a time to be not ignorant of his devices, so that we're not destroyed for lack of knowledge, so that we're not deceived, like they say, even the very elect, if it be possible. <coughs> In today's day and age, more than ever. So going further, this is why so many prof- professed Christians see no harm in Harry Potter as well. Folks, 1 Samuel 15.23 declares that witchcraft is sin and was punishable by death in the Old Testament. What if Harry Potter 
or going to a school of immoral sex or cold-blooded murder? Do you, don't you accept the biblical teaching that witchcraft is a wicked sin? Worldly believers have become desensitized by rock and roll, late night shows, television, etc. It is tragic that sin is no longer recognized as sin anymore. Lucy's, Lucy Pavensi's character, this is, I guess, the little girl, and Mr. Tunamis's character, and their subtle interactions give the impression of a pedophile trying to lure a little girl into his house. Now, this is Pan, essentially, this Tunamis Pan character trying to lure this little girl into his house. Oh, that's not fleeing all appearance of evil. Now, with all the information I've just reported on Disney, and also in the pedophile study we did before that, should any of this be a surprise? The whole scene is creepy, and the spirit of pedophilia is definitely at work in the movie. Tunamis, who is also Pan, or what they call a fawn, represents the devil trying to seduce a young girl. The fact that Tunamis is modeled after Pan, one of the most sexually perverted gods in witchcraft, doesn't bode well for Walt Disney's intentions. Furthermore, Tunamis and his flute have magical powers. What, just like the Pied Piper? Yeah, same thing. The Pied Piper, who Led Zeppelin sings about. And the Pied Piper, they're singing about Pan. Led Zeppelin, the same ones that are obsessed with Aleister Crowley, which we're going to talk about even more. Tunamis and his flute, has mag Tunamis and his flute have magical powers, just like the devil, just like Pan. Tunamis puts the little girl to sleep with his magic. Music. The next scene shows the little girl waking up and Tunamis is crying, claiming that he has done something very bad. So in other words, he put her to sleep with his magic, he raped her, and then he supposedly the devil has a conscience, so he, he, he admits he, he did something very bad. The subtle implication is that he sexually molested her. Remember, folks, Pan is a demonic pagan god of sexual perversion and rape. Furthermore, the movie encourages little girls to trust strangers. In today's world, Tunamis would be considered a pedophile. No man with a brain would bring a little, strange little girl into his home. The whole atmosphere created by the scene is one of pedophilia. Also notice how innocent and precious Walt Disney makes the little girl look, as if best prepared for Satan's delight, an innocent child satanic sacrifice. The whole concept of Pan being a good character in Narnia is satanic in and of itself. Now he's also got, he says, please read, and there's a link you can click in here, Further into the depths of Satan is the name of the link. Concerning the sexual perversion of Narnia. He's got a whole other thing that goes into this further if you want to know more. Now, these links will be available. If it's a text link in my PDF, you will not be able to click on it. My PDF converter does not convert text links into a real link. But, I always put the, the uh, actual website link so you can go to the website, the web page itself, and click on those respective links. It's, it's, it's within this article. And then you can also take a look at another article he, he wrote called Pan's Labyrinth. And you'll see where all these demonic movies are heading. Here's another section, entitled, Walt Disney 666 in Witchcraft. Notice in the photo to the left that there are three cleverly hidden sixes in the world Walt Disney. Now, I kind of circled them here, but you can't see them. You can see that six. You see that six. See, that's a six at the top. And this is like an upside-down six. Or maybe this one. Anyway, 
There's three sixes in the world's Walt Disney. It's one of their classic, how they sign Disney. Yeah, there's three sixes in there, and it's hidden in the word Walt Disney. Also notice that on top of it, it's the whole, um, you know, the whole crystal carriage that carried Cinderella that they made out of a pumpkin, I believe, through witchcraft. Well, they're on top of it. Mickey's on top of it, and he's got his little witchcraft hat on with his stars and his crescent moons. Okay, stars and the crescent moons are symbolic of, well, you see that on the Islamic flag, and that's also symbolic of Semiramis and Nimrod. The female aspect being the crescent moon, okay, meaning like the receptacle, like the female anatomy. The crescent moon, when you see that, is symbolic of Semiramis. <coughs> Semiramis being the first goddess of the, of the pagan trinity, Okay, where we get back in Babylon. And then we have Nimrod, who um, would be symbolic of the star symbol. So we have the crescent moon and the star symbols, which is also on the Islamic flag. The Islamic flag is symbolic of Allah, the moon god, not the god of the Bible. But the Islamic people are duped. They don't know this. And so they've got the crescent moon and the stars on his witch's wizard's hat. And he's got a magic wand and he's doing magic things on top of this on top of this uh, crystal carriage, and then he's got that jinn, or that genie from Aladdin, he's coming out the side. It's pure witchcraft! Walt Disney is pure witchcraft, with a some kind of wholesome veneer. Now, I've done that whole teaching on Psalm 64 and imprecatory prayers. Walt Disney and Disney World is, is, whenever you see wickedness, you can pray imprecatory prayers in regard to these matters. Because God needs to judge sin. When God judges wickedness, good things always happen. When he withholds judgment upon wickedness, wickedness prospers. Because wickedness in and of itself will never judge itself. It'll never all of a sudden one day wake up and have a conscience. God needs to do it. I'm not saying we go out and start blowing people away. But we can always get on our knees and pray against wickedness. And that's why I did the study on imprecatory prayers in Psalm 64. You can go up to my keyword search box on my homepage, and that'll give you a premise for that. But anyway, this whole symbol symbology is just as satanic as you could possibly get. Every aspect of witchcraft seems like is is presented here in this wholesome veneer. So you got six 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 in Walt Disney World. You got Disney or, or Mickey Mouse with his wizard's hat on doing magic. You got Aladdin. You got this genie or this jinn coming out. There's some. There's also, the guy from the Beauty and the Beast, one of those little candlesticks that comes to life, this inanimate object that comes to life and can talk. All of it's witchcraft. <clears throat> so, Mickey Mouse wearing a sorcerer's hat, casting a magic spell, Walt Disney is of the devil, controlled by secret society illuminists, who are trying to corrupt every child in America. Satan is the god of this world. He operates primarily through secret occult Societies and esoteric groups, all of the world's top political, corporate, financial, and media leaders are members of such satanic organizations, such as the Skull and Bones and Freemasonry, Bilderbergers, Council of Foreign Relations, the United Nations, you could go on and on and on. Walt Disney himself is a 33rd degree Freemason, and a cult organization whose members are often guilty of pedophilia, but are never prosecuted. Please read, and here's another link you can click on, Masonic Child Abusers, this website contains tons of information on the pedophilia that goes on in the Freemasons as well. That's a whole other subject. Well documented. 
George Bush Sr. is a Freemason as well. Read about the Franklin cover-ups. Now, I got into the Franklin cover-ups, where we even gave a partial interview of that senator, <clears throat> and the, the thing that appeared on the Discovery Channel, but it never aired. It was supposed to appear, but it never aired. You can go up, just key in Franklin cover-up on YouTube, and you can watch it for yourself on all the pedophilia. I got into this on that on that big study I did on that. So I believe God a lot of times will have me do these studies in a particular order, and I don't even know why I'm doing them in a particular order, because I'm laying groundwork for another study. So, but the Franklin cover-ups are about little boys being raped by Washington politicians, and these are things that were in the front page of the paper. Even the Washington Times documented that prostitution, uh, uh, midnight call boys going to the White House, credit card receipts to boot to prove it, I mean, all kinds of things. In, in 1922, Master Satanist and 33rd degree Freemason, guess who? Aleister Crowley. Wow, he's interrelated with a lot of this, isn't he? Aleister Crowley published Day of a Drug Fiend. Diary of a Drug Fiend. It sounds like a great book. Uh, which was about the use of cocaine. Now again, this is why occultists are so obsessed with getting everybody on drugs. Whether it's prescription meds that alter your mind, Whatever kind of pharmacia they can get you on, which is the root word for sorcery, and I've done a whole study on pharmacia. You can key in just the word pharma, pharmaceuticals, which is where we get the root word for sorcery in the Bible, in the King James Bible. They want to get people on mind-altering drugs in particular because they know once you're on those drugs, number one, you will behave in a manner you would normally never behave, and number two, you're opening yourself up to demonic infestation. It's well known, and this is why Satan is trying to get the whole planet hooked on drugs. Drugged out of their minds. And if you're drugged out on your minds, you're not going to really want to fight against the New World Order. All you're going to care about is your next fix. Or who's going to take my meds away. And this is included with marijuana as well. Okay? Anything that alters brain chemistry. And I don't care what anybody says to me. I went When I went to college, uh, I had two roommates that were addicted to marijuana. Okay, they, they smoked it three, four, five times a day. They're about the two most worthless people I had ever been around. And I say that because their lives were in absolute disarray. They, they forgot stuff constantly. They were obsessed with getting the next time they could get high again. And their minds were being changed and altered. And their lives were totally controlled as to when they were going to get high the next time. Don't tell me it doesn't affect people because there are some people out there that support it and say, oh no, it's good. Uh, no, it's not. It's a drug just like the other drugs. Alters brain chemistry. Alcohol can do the same thing. Prescription meds, to a certain extent, depending on the meds, can do the same thing. Got to be real careful with this stuff. We're supposed to be sober and vigilant. For our adversary, the devil, roameth about as a lion, seeking whom he may devour. Okay, You can't be sober and vigilant if you're high on pot, or if you're wasted on alcohol, or if you're, or if you're high on prescription drugs, if you're having your brain chemistry manipulated by pharmacia. There's demonic components with these things that you're not seeing as well, and a lot of people are walking around totally demonically infested just because of the drugs that they're putting in their body. And again, with these types of issues, I would refer you to that ministry with Pastor Rockstad that I had mentioned earlier. R-O-C-K-S-T-A-D. 
Ernest Rockstad. Find his, he's got all kind of tapes and CDs you can get that walk you through it. Um, and contact that ministry, please. Don't contact me because I'm just, in regard to that, because I just don't have a lot of resources on that at this point. And, and I can only answer so many emails. Um, I'm overwhelmed with them as it is. <clears throat> so, the Franklin cover-ups, uh, we talked about that. And Aleister Crowley wrote this book, Diary of a Drug Fiend, about the widespread use among Hollywood stars, which he described as cocaine-crazed sexual lunatics. This was back in the 20s! But it was the roaring 20s. It was a time of debauchery and wickedness, and it was well-known, particularly in Hollywood. Crowley died as a wasted heroin addict given to rages and doubts. His last words were, I am perplexed. Crowley worshipped the demon god Pan and the god of sexuality and lust. Now, we just talked about Pan. That's one of the main ones Crowley worshipped and patterned his life after. His hymn, he wrote what they call the Hymn to Pan, which was read at his funeral, which says, this Hymn to Pan says, I rave and I rape, and I rip and I rend, everlasting world without end, end of quote. That's his Hymn to Pan. Aleister Crowley is rotting and burning in hell right now, and then he will be cast in the lake of fire, but his hell will be probably much hotter than most people's hell because of all of the unbelievable depravity and horrific atrocities that he committed and the legacy that he's left, where many other people have followed in his footsteps, which is incomprehensible, but they have. There is demonic debauchery behind nearly everything nowadays, from music to movies. Don't believe it? Did you know that Johnny Cash sang two songs written by Danzing, who is a known Satanist? Dolly Parton recently sang and repopularized Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. Now again, Stairway to Heaven is the most popular song of all time. Oh, not, not Dolly Parton. She's puritanical. Oh, please. Talk about a mind control slave. And again, these are just sex symbol objects in order to get men to lust after them, women to try to emulate them, just to finally, with, a, with like some kind of wholesome veneer. I mean, you talk about looking like a whore. But again, Dolly Parton reminds me a lot of Disney. Oh, Dollywood, I got my wholesome veneer. Oh, I'm so genuine. Give me a break. Those people are all so phony. It's such a, it's such a, um, an abomination. They're Christians? If they were Christians, the Bible says, Whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. Why and how could they be prospering in their wickedness if they were truly a born-again Christian? God would have chastened them so long ago, they would have either been dead or crippled, or something would have happened to them if they were one of God's kids. The Bible says, Whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth, and if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards. All of these people across the board that are in Hollywood, the televangelists, all these ones that go, and they get away with this, people say, well, how do they do it? Why does God let them do it? Because evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse, because it's part of God's strong delusion that he is sending, and said he would send in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, and because they're not God's kid, most of all. The wicked sometimes and many times will prosper, particularly in the day and times we're, we're living in. She wrote, she sang um, Led Zeppelin, who we'll talk about in a second, which was the most popular song of all time in rock music, Stairway to Heaven. Stairway to Heaven was totally written through channeling and automatic writing. That, that 
song. And if you play it backwards, there is all kind of things, hail Satan and all kind of things that are said when you play the record backward. Why? Because it was written through a demon or a fallen angel. Now, coincidentally enough, one of the band members for Led Zeppelin bought Aleister Crowley's house. Guess where that house is? On the shores of Lake um, of Loch Ness, where the Loch Ness monster is? No lie. It was one of the houses that Aleister Crowley did like this two-month magical working in this house. They probably liked the vibe. They, the, the, the group, the band members for um, Led Zeppelin were obsessed with Aleister Crowley, as were many other rock bands and that are to this day. The Beatles were Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band, where they have all the people on the back, I believe it's that one, all the people that they that they pay tribute to. Aleister Crowley's head is, is in the group of people on that album for the Beatles, one of the most satanic rock groups that were ever you, you know, used to defile countless numbers of people. But yeah, isn't that weird how so much of this plays back to Aleister Crowley? We've talked about him so much today, and this is not a study on Aleister Crowley. So the conclusion is Walt Disney is straight out of the pits of hell. Promoting horoscopes, lewdness, sensual dirty dancing, rock and roll, miniskirts and modest fashion, half-dressed girls, rebellion, disobedience to parents, new age, pedophilia, feminism, liberalism, godlessness, a false gospel, heathendom, nightclub life, rap house music, nudity, lasciviousness, ingratitude, sinful pride, worldliness, arrogance, selfishness, self-perversion, self-righteousness, self-centeredness, witchcraft, demonism, evolution, impudence, premarital sex, fornication, lewdness, homosexuality, dirty-mindedness, and every other form of evil imaginable. Well, Disney is of the devil, but Disney is of the devil, because it's way beyond Walt at this point. Walt's been dead since the 60s. Woe unto Walt Disney and the young girls and boys who are being victimized by its demonic influences. Well, and all the other people that have perpetuated that. Now, I'm just going to end it right here uh, on this last part this is a guide to what major media companies own. This is Walt Disney's company. <clears throat> what do they own? Now, I'm just going to give you just a f- not a lot because there's so many. There's no way I'm going to list them all. There's literally four solid pages of their of what they own. And this was at the time of this writing. In film, what do they own? Walt Disney Pictures, Touchstone Pictures, Hollywood Pictures, Miramax Pictures, Pixar, Broadcast Television. What do they own? ABC Network. Oh, only ABC? Yeah. Um. Then they list all these owned and operated television stations in major um, cities in Los Angeles, Chicago, New York City, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Toledo. Cable television. They own 80% of ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN Classic, everything of ESPN. They own ABC Family. ABC Family, their motto, a different kind of family. The most wicked garbage you could imagine is on ABC Family promoting every form of perversion that you could get into. I've talked about Kyle XY in that movie, The Fallen. Just key him in on my keyword search box on my homepage. Well, that's ABC Family. ABC Family is owned by Disney. It's just like Zonderfan, who who owns the rights to the NIV Bible, which has 64,098 missing words, less words than the King James Bible. Well, who owns Zonderfan? HarperCollins. HarperCollins is owned by Rupert Murdoch, one of the most evil men on the planet, known in the media as the Great Satan. 
Rupert Murdoch owns HarperCollins. HarperCollins also publishes the Satanic Bible in all kind of gay and lesbian how-to manuals. They, they own Zonderfan. Zonderfan produces the NIV and a lot of other, quote, Christian books. You think if you buy something from Zonderfan, it might be even be cursed? Who knows? I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't bring it to my home. Okay, they own Lifetime Network. Everything Lifetime they own. They also own A&E and the History Channel. Now, you wonder why A&E and the History Channel have come out with all these attacks on Jesus Christ that I've had to do rebuttals on, like Lost Tomb of Jesus and that movie Bloodline and uh, Holy Blood, Holy Grail, all these things that are supposedly trying to disprove Jesus Christ. Well, look who's behind that. Disney. It's another way they can attack morality by actually attacking Jesus Christ without actually saying, well, we're not the ones doing it. I didn't know they owned A&E and the History Channel. I didn't know that. They also own Soap.net. Radio. They own ABC Radio. They own all the... There's a whole page of radio stations they own. I'm not going to even read them. Publishing companies. Well, they own Walt... Okay, film uh, records. They own Walt Disney Records, Hollywood Records, and Lyric Street Records. Publishing. They own Hyperneon, which is one of the ones we talked about. They own Miramax Books. They own ESPN Books. ABC Daytime Press. So many. Uh, Volo. Disney Press. Disney, everything Disney they own, obviously. Magazines. They own Biography. They own Discover Magazine. Anything Disney. ESPN Magazine. U.S. Weekly. Um... Parks and Resorts. They own Walt Disney Inge- Imagine- Imagineering, Disneyland Resort, Walt Disney World Resort, Tokyo Disney Resort, Disneyland Resort Paris, Hong Kong Disneyland, Disney Vacation Club, Disney Cruise Line. Other things they own. They own Club Penguin. Now, uh, Club Penguin appears as an innocent little game you can go up on the internet and play, but Disney owns it. Yeah, they also own what they call Toontown. Taylor just informed me. Um, anything having to do with Disney, they own it. And they've got, I mean, they got Disney toys, Disney apparel, accessories, footwear, Disney food, health and beauty, Disney home furnishings and decor. Yeah, food. Disney stationery, Disney consumer electronics. The Baby Einstein Company, Muppets Holding Company. Oh, not the Muppets. Remember Fozzie Bear? Oh, not him. Not not Kermit the Frog. Not not Miss Piggy. I do a good Kermit the Frog, but I won't do it here because no, I'm not going to do it. But but it's it's pretty decent. But anyway, no, I'm not doing it. Anyway, they own Disney Interactive Studios, Walt Disney Internet Group, the Disney Store, Disney on Ice, Disney Live Family Entertainment, Disney Theatrical Productions. It's just do you, do you I hate Satan honors their own. I've said that before. Satan honors their own, and I don't know of an organization or a man that has been so honored in the last hundred years as Disney in general. Generally speaking, honored in so many different ways and promoted in so many different ways. Hopefully you have seen by this horrific study, this wasn't as bad as the pedophilia study, but it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's up there how evil this organization is. And this is something, I didn't just say all this to 
blow hot air and, 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 and just to put forth information just for the sake of knowing it. And it's not hot air. We're talking about facts here. But ultimately to pray about these types of things. Because if we don't know to pray about it, that's exactly what Satan wants. Because most people think Disney is wholesome. Why would I pray against something that's so good and honorable? That's exactly what Satan wants you to think. You know, if there were Christians that were actually on their knees, that were right with God, praying about these things, who knows what God could do to crumble this wickedness? But if nobody's praying about it, then, you know, just do the math. I'm going to go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. And um, this, will, this will end this, this study on Disney. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and time that you've given us, for this time that you've let us come together, gather together again, for this teaching that you've um, uh, let me able to perform. I pray to God that thy name would be glorified through it, that fear would fall upon Christians and non-Christians alike, realizing the severity of this subject, and that, Lord God, that you would forgive us for any and all sins we've committed. Lord God, if any of us you know, out there have embraced this Disney and their products, and their movies, and facets, and, and taking our children. I just pray, God, for your forgiveness. Um, as, as you would say, Lord God, if, you would, if we would confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But Lord, so many people out there do not know, and do not view participating in Disney, buying their products, going to their theme parks, as sin. And so it's unconfessed sin in their life, Lord God, that is probably hindering their walk with Thee and bringing upon them all kind of demonic interference in their lives. And they probably don't even know it. And this is just one aspect of that, Lord. I pray, God, You show all these people that are hearing this, these facts, that You bless them, that, Lord, You, God, You bring them out of this, that You give them eyes to see, ears to hear and hearts to receive the truth, the obvious truth, Lord. I mean, this is not truth that, that that should be so hard to receive. But I pray, God, whatever walls may be up in people's lives toward this information, because this has such a strong, such a stronghold on people's lives, Disney, that these walls would be broken down, and you're the only one that can do it. I pray to God that by the power of the Holy Spirit and your angelic host, and through the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, these walls would be broken down, and that anything that would hinder this prayer would be removed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We claim Psalm 64, Lord God, against this wickedness. And I pray, God, that you would judge this wickedness, that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God. Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from the fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Suddenly do they shoot in him and fear not. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They commune of laying of snares privily. They say, who shall see them? They search out iniquities. They accomplish a diligent search. Both the inward thought of every one of them and the heart is deep. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded, so they shall make their own tongues to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away, and all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him, and all the upright heart shall glory. I pray, God, that those that can be saved regarding this matter with Disney would be saved, Lord. I'm not, I'm not praying that you send anybody to hell. 
But I pray, God, that you do whatever it takes to get them to wake up. That this wickedness, that this wicked organization has perpetuated, that this wickedness be exposed and destroyed and defeated, that it would not be able to defile any more little children or little ones worldwide. And we pray, God, it be done for your glory. I pray, God, for your protective hand to be upon the body of Christ, my listeners, Taylor, myself, Nonetta, upon our families, Lord. I pray, God, that your angels would encamp around about us, Lord God, and that we would fear you and that your fear would be upon those unsaved loved ones we have in our lives and that that fear and godly sorrow would drive them to repentance and that they would get saved for your glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.